2: But yeah it's very emotional thinking about retirement and and what that means and you know you have this idea of what you want it to look like and then you work towards that but then your your life right now does punch you in the face sometimes with things where you're like oh god And, and it makes me almost not want to think about it at all.
3: Hi, I'm Lindsay Stanberry. I am the founder of The Purse, which is a site for women and money. And I worked for many years as a journalist at Fortune and CNBC and Refinery29.
4: And I'm Barbara Ginty, and I'm a certified financial planner. I'm the host of the Future Rich Podcast, and I own a wealth management firm during the day. And Lindsay and I are very excited to be bringing you a four-week series where we're interviewing real women about their money. It
3: should be really interesting.
4: Tune in and you can check out all of our interviews. Well, thank you so much for joining us.
2: You're welcome. Happy to be here.
4: Do you want to start by telling us a little bit and our listeners a little bit about yourself?
2: Okay. So my name is Amy. I live in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. I am married to a man and I have two children, a daughter age seven and a son age four and a half. And I own my own business um, and I have an office in Greenpoint, but we do work around the world. We I have a creative agency. And we do video and still image production. Um, my husband is an artisan for a well-known designer in New York. And we um, have a, a nice little, very Brooklyn hipster life. It sounds lovely. Yeah, it's, it works. And do you is there own specific? your place in Brooklyn? Yes, I own my place. It's a two-bedroom, two-bathroom place. Um, I had owned the apartment next door. We bought that place about 11 years ago. And it was a one-bedroom. And when we wanted to have um, kids, I was like, okay, we we can do this, but I don't want to do this for very long. So buying another place was on my mind. And then the apartment next door, which was a two-bedroom, came up for sale. And so we decided to purchase it and sell our one-bedroom at the same time, which I very strongly don't recommend doing when you're (laughs) three months pregnant and at your busiest time of year in your job. (laughs) because I generally handle all of the paperwork aspects, anything that requires a form, or some kind of horrible, long term, hideous commitment, I do those (laughs) things. So buying and selling apartments require that. And so I had to take care of all of that. And somehow, luckily, I mean, the the purchasing selling gods were smiling upon me, because within three weeks of putting our apartment for sale and already in the process of buying the one next door, somebody bought it and we got an offer that was good. And so it all happened at the exact right time. We were, there was like this two week grace period where we bought the apartment next door and still had two weeks to move in and do all the. We did some light renovations. So we had some time and then, um, yeah, we were able to move, more or less at our leisure within those two weeks so it it everything worked totally. out as perfectly as it possibly could with the exception yeah. of like slowly going insane in the meantime <laughs>
3: but it worked I, out I also bought and sold an apartment while pregnant but oh. we ended up moving in when I was eight months pregnant and it was oh, insane gosh. And my mother unpacked the whole place and i would go to work and she would text message me pictures of things where does it go where does it go where does it go which is why i ended up with like a bunch of expired drugs and like you know it's like this advils from 2015 and i don't know why it got packed but here right you're like
2: oh canned food with dents in it like why am why do i have this and why did i move it to a new apartment So yeah, yeah, the detritus of your life to you get super exposed in those times. And it's not fun. Those realities exactly. are horrible. But then you get to purge and clean out. Although I don't know how much of that you can do when you're eight months pregnant. I was only three months pregnant. I was by that time feeling a little better, feeling okay. But it just, everything just felt quite overwhelming. It was my first kid. And, you know, you you it, it was hard to let go of the stress of the previous months of all of the stuff you have to do and, you know, things... Things went pretty well, but it's still stressful. But yeah, yeah. so we, we do own our apartment to get back to your question. Um, but you know, one of the reasons I was interested in, in, I am interested in what you're talking about is because our financial plans kind of got a little derailed. So from that point, we were like, okay, we want we, we ha- we're having a kid. I now have a second kid. And while I was pregnant with him, we were like, what are we gonna do when we grow out of this apartment? I'm the kind of person that kind of needs and wants a certain amount of space around me and my husband less so, but for me, it's, it's something valuable. And I was like, okay, eventually we will need a bigger place. It's a decent sized place. It's like 900 something square feet, which for New York is pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um, But so we started like investing and we were talking to an advisor and we started our whole like investment thing. But even if we sell our place at a huge profit, which I feel like we would, the way the market is and seems to be going, we still can't afford to live in our same neighborhood. Even if we put like an insane down payment on a three bedroom, they're still too expensive. So then it became this thing about like, what if we have to move, move, you know, not Mm -hmm, just relocate within our neighborhood. And then that requires all of its own research and commitments. And big changes so we're kind of in this position where even if we sell our place we still can't really get what we want so it's just something to consider um and then obviously the last few years investments have gone really topsy-turvy so you know we're not able to do even if we found the perfect place I don't know that we can make it happen anyway so you know things get things yeah
3: yeah I'm in the same situation and it's tough and it's hard to know what to do because you've got school-aged kids and you know a neighborhood yeah. you like and friends and you know you're established right. and it's not as easy as just I don't know New York it's so funny that changing neighborhoods is so dramatic but it's really dramatic yeah
2: you feel like you're moving to a different country yeah and starting yeah. It's, it's like that's like. where Elaine starts dating somebody that lives downtown and they all freaked out they're like you can't do that what are you doing? like, he had a different area code. Like, I think it was like 646. I don't know, something weird, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was like a horrible thing. So I totally get that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
4: Okay. Yeah. And then the other trick is you probably have a really good mortgage rate on your current do. property.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. My, my rate is 3.5%. So I do like, I get these daily emails from Zillow based on my search or whatever. Yeah. And um, they kill me because I ate all the apartments I want are like $1.8 million or more, but then they, they're like six or 7% interest rate. And then they have, it's just, it's not happening. No matter what I do. I even like, I plug in that calculator. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what if I did a million dollar down payment? That would be crazy. Yeah. And it's still 10,000 bucks a month. I'm like, okay, <laughs> oh. I need to like reset my reality here in a major way.
3: There's something right about the, like the one point and then like you think like one point mm. four, like that's no big deal, I and mean, you're like, wait a second, that's right. four hundred thousand dollars, that's six hundred thousand yeah. dollars, eight hundred thousand dollars. It really, it's a lot of money.
2: It's a lot of money, yeah. On top and of I, the I feel million. like, um, yeah, exactly. And like, yeah, and even it, and with, it, like right now, I think
4: it's just the principal and in interest. It's not even your taxes or any other right. period. And costs. then,
2: like, yeah, exactly. And I feel like um, I've had some surprises, like surprise expenses the last year my expenses skyrocketed kind of unexpectedly relating to my children and so we had to put kind of all of our um financial plans on hold essentially so which was another thing like I was like oh that's worthy of talking about like what happens when like your own life not just like bigger aspects of like okay there's kind of a recession is there I don't know inflation yes but like personal things can crop up and surprise you, um, which is what yeah. happened to me this past year. Cause we were on a really good road to saving and we have six figures in our savings account and we have all this money invested um, like a good amount of money with the goal of like increasing our ability to give a massive down payment on our next place. Mm-hmm. But right now we're just eating into savings every single month. And I'm like, okay, is this ever going to end? And and so, yeah, now the reality of actually getting that new place um, I just don't see it happening with our current expenses.
4: And can I ask what the current expense is?
2: Yeah, sure. My So my daughter, um, re, she has sensory processing disorder. And so this is requiring from us, this was a surprise. Um, mm-hmm. And we figured this out about you know the end of kindergarten and now she's going mm-hmm. into second grade. So in order to kind of help her, um, we have to do occupational therapy once okay. a week. And then we started also doing um, play therapy because she, because of her processing issue she developed a phobia of vomiting, which is kind of a crazy one, but she was five and it got really, really bad and was affecting her daily at school. And so, um, OT, the occupational therapy, you know, addresses the physical aspect of this issue, but there's an emotional aspect of the issue that they don't address. So we were like, okay, we need to also deal with the behavioral and social and phobia Things that crop up as a result of her body just being in fight or flight inappropriately. So now we have these two therapies we have to pay for every week because nobody takes health insurance that yeah. does these services. Right. So it's like, okay, that's a lot of money. And then we, on top of that, we have to do um speech. My son has a speech delay, which we attribute largely to the pandemic. He was 13 months old when lockdown happened. Mm-hmm. And um, so he's in speech therapy twice a week as well. And we have to pay for that privately too. He got approved for, um, for services from the city through the Department of Education, but they couldn't find him a speech therapist last year in our district. So I was like, yeah. well, I can't wait a year. I mean, he needs this now. So speech therapy twice a week, OT, regular therapy for my daughter, all of that amounts to a few thousand dollars a month. And then uh, up until this month, we were paying 2,500 a month for his school as well right. although that will stop because he's going into public school but i mean it's a you know <laughs> almost cursed i'm sorry that's probably not allowed on your podcast it's a buttload of money every month it's almost all of my take home so it's like okay we're doing nothing other than, other than this but um this has caused a lot of friction in my household it's been totally unexpected it's impossible to save when you're spending all your money and then of course regular things pop up all the time dental work gifts you have to buy and want to buy things like that that you can say you can budget for but ultimately sometimes you're just surprised so yeah, yeah we've had to put kind of all of our financial plans completely on hold just to manage our just monthly almost weekly overheads which got kind of crazy
3: yeah the those therapies are really expensive and that the um the therapist shortage in New York City is a really big I think it's across the country but it's
2: it's a huge deal yeah it's a and huge sure deal and all not of that
3: easy for you to like navigate scheduling all the appointments oh, it's and... nice.
2: yeah, yeah it's just it's just made her life it's fine like it's it's working and and both right. of them are doing great and have like their situations have improved tremendously so it makes it totally worth it I feel great about it other than the fact that okay now that this is our reality like what mm-hmm. can we do about it and my answer is nothing. I mean how do you create money out of thin air? You don't. It's either there or it isn't.
3: Mm-hmm. So
2: or if it's there and you have to spend it then it's gone. So yeah, we just had to do a lot of kind of emotional rewiring around what the future holds mm-hmm. financially and you know what our goals then can feasibly be. And of scared. course one thing I tried to do oh sorry uh, last yeah. thing, one one thing I tried to do was find health insurance that, um, did cover these services. And mm-hmm. I mean, I spent, I don't want to know, I don't want to know how much time I spent doing the research on that and it doesn't exist. So, and I'm like paying a few thousand bucks a month just for, um, really good health insurance. Cause I have to see some specialists and they're like, yeah, we don't cover them. I'm like, oh, okay. That's great.
4: <laughs> Thanks for what? taking that in Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's cool. What are you doing with all my money? Mm -hmm. nothing
4: so yeah yeah so one question i have just because we are in between so you're in the high bracket right in city and so as you said you can't make money on the same airs i'm just wondering with you you own your own company your husband works for somebody are you still doing the retirement savings so that would lower your taxable income because it's all about what you're netting right so you could probably Mm -hmm. maybe still do retirement because you wouldn't lose as much right if it was pre-tax because you're you're losing so much, between all three taxes and Pika. So yes. are you still doing retirement yeah. in addition to like all the regular expenses?
2: Um, we're doing it when it makes sense. So I, I okay. do have um, an IRA. So does my husband and I have an SEP. Yeah. So those are good. I just can't always afford to, um, depending on like what my, bi- how my businesses did over the sure. year um, I take on the same amount every year, but like depending on our profits and all of that and how taxes look, mm-hmm. my accountant will recommend putting in an amount or not. And then with the SEP, I have a, I own my business 50-50. Okay. With my partner. So we have to do the same thing for mm-hmm. our SEPs, so I'm told. And so we either have the money in the bank to do it or not. And okay. so we have to consult. So yeah, I have this other person i'm wedded to financially which is my business partner so that also makes things um it just complicates things a little a little bit in like in this regard for sure like if if my account is like i recommend doing the SEP, we'll we'll take that money out of our business account mm-hmm. and pay it but either we have it or not and then we have to think okay if we have it great if we also have it, but don't have any big jobs coming in, then no, I don't want to spend a hundred grand out of my account. I might need that to pay myself for the next month or two. Like, so we have to really take everything as like a in that moment basis. Like what makes sense right now? um, Because the last few years have been so up and down business-wise. And is
4: that partially because of the the pandemic with COVID?
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, for sure. Like before the pandemic, we were, I mean, doing amazingly and mm-hmm. clients had had marketing budgets and that's what they right. pay us um during the pandemic we, we couldn't do any production at all for months maybe a year or something no we i'd say it took about 6 to 8 months to start doing any in person production um so we switched all post production which is fine but but budgets were you know not terrible but not quite as generous everybody was scared And our, um, our main clients became wine and spirits clients because they were the only ones profiting for the first couple of years of the pandemic, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but they often, you know, good work is expensive and they didn't always have the budgets, um, to do the quality we want. So we had to figure out ways to get things done to our own standards, but within budgets, other client, you know, they were offering. So things Mm -hmm. got tricky. Although, um, yeah. Things were okay. We had good enough clients. Like we did a lot of work with Belvedere vodka. They made a fortune during the pandemic. They were like, Hey, our retail sales are up for hundred percent. So yeah, we're going to do this. So we, we, we just got really lucky kind of having an in into that world. If we didn't, I don't know what we would have done. I would have probably had to shut down and just yeah. get a nine to five job, which I didn't want to do. So yeah, luckily it's fine. But again, to, to um that, to answer your point, yes, we have retirement. I have not been able to contribute to it. I did buy a whole life insurance, which we contribute to every year, uh, a considerable Wait, I, amount as well.
4: Can I ask you a question? Why are you contributing to a whole life versus retirement, which will reduce your taxable income when you're in a high tax environment?
2: Well, I mean, maybe it's the advice we were given, which was really? that um, once we take, you know, if we live long enough to see to recoup the results of that we should be through some kind of rich person loopholes that exist so I'm told we can withdraw funds monthly from those accounts tax-free in some way I don't know if this is something you're um familiar with or if there's been a hoax and I'm an idiot um but that's Um, what we were told so so yeah we're kind of into yes I'm thinking you're in taking your tax break today when
4: you're when you're on when there's a bit of a stretch, right? So we have not mm-hmm. enough money today to do everything we want, yeah. but yet we're taking the money and funding it for something in the future, which that's assuming you're in a high tax bracket and we're borrowing against the policy. And an insurance mm-hmm. policy is really meant for a death benefit. So currently we have mm-hmm. a problem that we're in an apartment that's feeling too small. We're having inconsistent mm-hmm. revenue and we're not funding retirement. So just looking a ballpark guess here without doing a deep dive I would not think whole life is in your best interest. I would think re- funding your oh, retirement, lowering your taxable income, because in order to get the money mm-hmm. to pay your whole life, you're putting it through the tax machine. So we're losing federal, state, and city tax. You're paying three taxes to get that dollar, and then that dollar is into to a life insurance policy. I'm take a long shot, I don't think it's going to outperform a regular mutual fund or ETF. I just don't think it will.
2: So okay, I think we're good to know.
4: Not yeah. paying all those tax and having more money in your pocket, even if that means more money in your IRA or in your SEP, because it's going to lower your taxable income. So you're going to net more by not paying as much in tax. Because in order to get the money to fund the whole life, you are paying tax on every one of those dollars because it has to hit your bank account. Well, you one, one detail.
2: Yeah, no, I hear you. There's one detail, which is some of our um, we're using to pay for the bulk of it more than 50% the dividends off of some of our investments. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like there's like cash dividends. I'm actually, I don't know the vocabulary. Inside, I let in, my husband deal with it.
4: Inside of the policy, the dividends are paying both
2: some of it. Or are you using dividends? Yeah, like we, we withdraw, money? let's say, well, let's say um, there's $15,000 of cash that I've made some of these investments. I take that and pay that towards the whole life. So I've lowered my actual contribution of my existing money mm-hmm. by... Sixty percent. Does that make sense? It do does. Know? What's what the death saying? benefit?
3: Yeah. What's the death benefit on the policy?
4: What does it pay? Uh,
2: I don't remember. I think if I don't know, I don't know the answer to that. What's, I have what's to look your?
4: So, just say in theory, how much do you think you would need if you were to pass away today for both of the kids to pay off the mortgage? What do you think you would need if you were to pass away? What would your family need?
2: Um, a lot of money. Um, we owe almost four hundred thousand dollars on our mortgage still. Okay. And my take home, I pay, ta- I pay myself one hundred twenty grand a year, and I take, I take money throughout the year as well from my business. So I end up probably making closer to one fifty, sometimes more, sometimes less. So yeah, I think um, as far as a death benefit, I would need a lot of money to like make my family comfortable in my absence.
4: You'd probably need at least yeah. two million. Let's just as a starting point, yeah. right?
2: Yeah, that sounds great.
4: I highly doubt
2: the whole life is Um, benefit. At this point, it's definitely not. It's definitely not, for sure.
4: So you're funding, so here's my concern. My concern is you're funding a whole life policy which is really not the death benefit. It's not going to cover the death mm-hmm. benefit that your family needs, which means you're actually under insurance.
2: And you're mm-hmm. under an insurance. So I also have regular, regular life insurance. Per, like term yeah. insurance? Yes. yes, I do.
4: Okay, how much do you have with that?
2: I don't know.
4: That's it's not 2
2: health? million. Okay. No, you're, these are all good. I should know this, but it's definitely not 2 million. Two million. It may be a million or okay. 1.5, but it's not. It's. I remember being like, oh, that's decent.
4: So that would be great that you have that. But here's my, my thought is you would probably be in a financial, a better financial situation if you didn't weren't funding mm-hmm. a whole life policy, you had the proper term insurance so that if your God forbid is in death prematurely, which specifically won't happen, but so you get it it's just to protect your right. family. If you're a yeah. high income earner and you have two young children who you need services that are not covered, and then you take that difference and put it towards your retirement, or for this period of time where you need a death, suppose a service there. but mm-hmm. you just need to have the numbers run by somebody who isn't incentivized to sell you the most expensive.
2: Insurance yes.
4: product is going to make the biggest commission from selling you whole life. The commission on whole life is significant. Like
2: you can make mm-hmm. a ton of
4: money selling whole life. So you need someone right. to run the numbers for you. Even your your CPA should be able to tell you what the difference would be if you were not funding the whole life and what that difference would be if it went in your retirement account from a tax standpoint. What if you were to or not owing because with businesses it's estimated mm-hmm. tax usually so you could just have your account yeah. run the numbers and he's not incentivized for you to go one way or the other he doesn't make doesn't make a dollar right. on either
2: yeah now that that all makes perfect sense and i we we signed up for this and i was like this is great because so so everything you're saying makes perfect sense we were sold this hard and we debated yeah. about yeah. it for a long time. And I was like, yeah. they're salespeople, like my husband's like much more like, i um, innocent than I am. So the whole time we're talking to these guys and they're also offering financial advice. Um, mm-hmm. I had these doubts and I was like, are we just being fleeced here? I don't know what's going on, but then, but then here's what my issue is. I'm mm-hmm. terrified of being old and poor, terrified. Yeah.
3: Yeah, you don't want to be
2: and that's store, the store, but
4: you also eat. don't want to get to age 65 when I see people come in and they funded a whole life policy for the entire family and the person who sold it to you is long out of the business because they made so much money selling the shit, sorry, mm-hmm. that they're reti- they retired well before you guys did. I right. haven't seen it yeah. work and I've met with over 2,000 people, normal really? people. Yep, haven't seen it work. Right.
2: I mean, is that the kind of thing that only works when you already have tons of money, so it almost doesn't matter? Um, yeah, I think that that it? Maybe,
4: here's what I think. I think you should be doing every basic type of financial planning before you get to whole life insurance. I think whole life mm-hmm. comes when everything else has been maxed out. When you've maxed out your retirement, you have a ton of non-qualified money saved, you're doing well in real estate, and then, yep, we've ticked every single box. There's no other investments left. Let's investigate like a universal life policy because we've maxed out everything else and we need a tax. You don't need a tax shelter right now. You need a tax.
2: Mm -hmm. Right. And then on top of, so yeah, this is all making sense. My husband does not have, he has an IRA, but no, through his job, he does not have any retirement. The only benefits he gets is health insurance. So that was another reason um, Mm -hmm. for him to kind of be more into this as a form of a retirement account. So I don't know if that's he, he true, but that, do, that is part yes. of the point of view.
4: He could still save and he could do a non-qualified or what you could do as a team, because you're married, right? Married filing joint. You're mm-hmm. not maxing out your step. Right. So it's how- house- well, can if you, you think even about it, Yeah, you can max out your step every year as a business owner.
2: Mm. What you and your mean? partner
4: have to do it together. Using the full amount allowed, which is 20, I think it's 20 or 25% self-employment income. So you could know, do a considerable yes. amount every year. And he can right. do yeah. his IRA. So then you could be putting away as a household, you know, upwards of 20,000 a year. Which if you're not doing that, then mm. I think you're better off having it in a retirement account and getting your tax break today when it seems like you need your dollars to go the
2: furthest. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. And no, we haven't contributed. I think the last two years I haven't contributed at all to my retirement accounts. And part part of that is the issues I'm talking about right now, which don't seem to have the money. But then part of that is all of this uncertainty for my business thinking like we need to, the money we have, we really need to hold on to it in the event that we just don't have the clients or they don't have the budgets to cover our, our monthly overheads, which are hover around 25 grand a month. So it's like, if yeah. we can't guarantee we'll that, then like, ah, uh, we can't pay into all of this, but we do find the money for, um, this whole life. Yeah. So,
4: yeah. so, I mean, and, and also, yeah, it hurts. Yeah.
2: It hurts. Yeah. yeah. Also
4: interviewed a ton of advisors and I've been in the business. I've been yeah. in finance for 17 years and I don't believe in it. I would never sell it to anybody. I'm, I'm licensed to sell it to people. I've never sold one ever. And Lindsay's Mm -hmm. interviewed tons of advisors.
3: Tons of people. And they all say, don't do it. And it's funny, I was talking to my mom about it yesterday. We were just having like a conversation. She was saying that when my dad first got his, first graduated from medical school, that like the insurance brokers came out of the woodwork and they all were pushing whole life. And she was like, we had a huge fight over it. Because I think Mm -hmm. in much the same way that your husband where he was, you know, naive and you know believe you know i it's easy to see why you would they're incentivized to sell it but it's also like they play into all those fears right like the, the fear of- oh totally
2: i mean that's of, ultimately and, yes
3: and yeah.
4: i would and, say they're the best sales people like to yeah. sell a whole yeah. life policy is literally like you're if you think about it you're sitting here defending the whole life policy right, right? because it's, i'm I, like, like oh wow
2: we're so stupid
4: no, well, no, no. not like that. But, but you sell it. You're not their yeah. sales pitch is phenomenal. The problem is that oh, it's amazing. Is not, it's, it's yeah. You yeah. Say, I need someone to clean my house. They're like, oh yeah, the whole life policy. They come on Tuesdays. And they'll clean the whole apartment. Like they'll tell right. you whatever you want to hear. Like they really don't
3: care. And I'm not saying well, that they all did. People. I mean, yeah.
2: Yeah, when I say I'm afraid to be a poor old person, like it's really truly one of my biggest fears. And so when they say, "Well, if you contribute X amount every year till you're 65, 66," and I'm I'm 44, I'm like, "That's not that far away. Should I live that long? You know, it's really well, not." Well, here, here and so, I'm like, oh,
4: I tell you when you get to 65, if you do everything else right, you shouldn't need Social. Like you shouldn't need it. Your mortgage is paid. Your kids are now you have a four and a half year old, so that that child will be. 24 and a half and your yeah. seven-year-old will be oh i'm not giving them
2: money anymore right so they don't, <laughs> they, don't they don't they yeah. don't need
4: a death benefit right who's the death benefit for mm. at 65 when your mortgage is paid and you've been yes. saving mm. a the of your income for the next 20 years you're a comfortable retired person who ha- doesn't have a need for a death benefit now they're not going to tell you that because they don't get paid if they tell you that
2: Mm-hmm, right. But well, we, in- we weren't really doing it so much for the death pen- benefit. It was more about like this idea, like, oh, we can have a monthly income from this thing.
4: You'll have a monthly income from your retirement account, which is just a retirement account, which has your name on it and you're not borrowing against it and gives you tax rates away. The, the whole life right. policy is an insurance policy that they're selling as an investment. But it, it the
2: premise yes. of insurance yes, exactly.
4: is- yeah, it's a death benefit, but what it's made for is death benefit. That's why they created it. They didn't create it for investment. They have the investment so that they can right. have a sales pitch.
2: So what is that loophole that they're, they keep talking about? Like, yes, you can draw five grand, six grand, seven grand yes. from this monthly, not have to worry about anything until you die. Like, yeah. Oh, and you're borrowing against
4: it. And do they mention it lowers your death benefit as you borrow?
2: I don't believe so. Yeah, it'll lower your debt. Oh. Every time you take a
4: distribution, it'll
2: lower your debt. Right. But I guess, presumably, they're assuming I wouldn't care or it doesn't matter by then because there's so much money in it.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Whatever.
4: I mean, I will bet mm-hmm. you that at 65, it will not have all that money. I could be wrong. I have to look. They,
2: they made this chart. Mm-hmm. I have a it's chart. A pro-
4: actually, I can it's, a, this. it's a projection and it will say... It's a it's projection. And
2: to be honest, I look at it And I'm like, this is overly complicated to to make people's eyes glaze over. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a lot of nonsense numbers on it. I could tell.
4: How how has the, have you compared the performance? Don't use 2022 as a bad year, but 2021, what was your IRA performance compared to the full life policy performance?
2: Well, they're guaranteeing like a 4% interest, profit, whatever, something minimum 4% a year through guardian, because they've never um, like performed poorly in their entire existence. Mm -hmm. Apparently. I don't, I never really did that comparison. My eyes glaze over as well. I just wanted to hear, and that this is what they told me that I would not be poor and old, that I'd have this money. It would be on tax and on top of my social security and everything else I have accrued up until then I'll basically be living my dream. Mm-hmm. That's what I wanted to hear. And I, for some, maybe it's been the last few years of my finances performing so poorly because of Donald Trump and everything else and COVID and all of this. Everything has like tanked and it's, it's coming back. But like over the last few weeks, I'd say overall, I've lost about $30,000. Like it went up and then just, 30, you know, like it's just been performing so poorly that um, it doesn't feel like I'll have enough. It does feel like I'll be worrying about money when I'm 65. And that just seems like such a shitty thing to have to do.
4: Yeah, it is to- it is totally a, a shitty thing, but nobody can actually promise you, what, you will, what you'll have at 65. So anyone who says, I can right. promise you that you won't have any trouble at 65 is making a promise they can't keep, right? Mm-hmm. They can say, we think uh, and project that this is where you'll be at 65, but nobody can guarantee That's where you'll be in 65. So an honest assurance would be if you get the cheap insurance now that gives you the most coverage to take care of your family, your kids, so that when, if God forbid something happens while they're young and it's now a a, a financial tragedy, it's the top of a personal tragedy because that's what it is when you lose a parent young, right? You have two tragedies, right? You have loss of income and loss of parent. So, if I can yeah. cover my family now while I have a lot of overhead, right? And I have a runway to go to retirement, that's your risk, right? When we get to 65, less risk, right? Then it's personal yeah. tragedy, but not financial. And if I can continue to save and use the vehicle that is provided to me to save with the most tax advantages, then I think that's what you need in your current state of in life.
2: Mm-hmm. And
4: I, I stay the course you should be totally fine and you can project that out whether you assume a rate of return of five or you assume a rate of return of seven that's all projected out and your accountant can do that for you too real easy Mm -hmm, calculation then you should be fine but nobody can really come in and promise or guarantee you that in 20 years there might not be a blip in the road right i mean it's not it's nice to hear that they guarantee yeah it's great to hear but yeah
2: yeah, it it felt very emotional Yeah. It did feel like an emotional decision. Ultimately, like there was a lot, like I tried to use common sense, but in this regard, you know, the, that this type of issue it's financial, but it really is, um, about your life Mm -hmm. and the quality of it. And just considering all of these options, some of which are horrible. Yeah. It's, it it was, I heard what I wanted to hear, but then on, as a parallel thing, I do have this issue of if my business partner doesn't want to, or can't do that contribution, then I'm kind of stuck too. So then I'm, I have this IRA that I think the max contribution a year is like five grand. So I'm like, well, that's not going to get me that much. So what, what do I do?
4: So I have a question. Have you talked to your accountant about that? Structuring the business so that you have two, that you have your own entity where you ten ninety nine yourself from. You and to create another entity so that you have your own SEP IRA, so you don't have to be tethered to your business partner.
2: Um, no, I didn't even know that existed. We we structured to an S corp. corp. Uh, yeah, a see of if you
4: could See if you can ten ninety nine yourself from the S corp, or ask them if you can change the structure. So that you're not mm-hmm. tethered to your business partner, so that you're you don't because to have a SEP you don't have to have an S corp. So you could just 1099. Right. See if you can 1099 yourself. Maybe you do a little, and if you can do it that way, you're not tethered to your business partner. So mm-hmm. you can't
2: be a great view of something for a person. Right, right. So if I do that, then he can go his way, and I go mine in terms of our individual yeah. SEPs.
4: I think it's worth paying the accountant or an attorney to say, we want to be in business together and we don't want to be tied together for the SEP. Like, how do we structure this so that we can make our own right. retirement decisions, but still have an end? Well, Whether it's one entity or it's the other entity, I don't know. But I would think that we do a business around that.
2: Right, right, right. Um, but do you feel like the SEP is the best retirement option? Like, uh, are there other options?
4: I mean, there's a solo 401k that you could do, but I would just do the SEP. Yeah. It has a high contribution, which is the advantage of it.
2: Yeah. I think twice I put 50 grand in or 53 grand or something like that. Yeah. It felt great to be able to do that. So I can't guarantee I could do that ever again based on, you know, just how the years go. But
4: yeah, but it's great. It was
2: possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. True. Um, Yeah. No, I didn't even know that was an option.
4: Yeah. You just want to make sure that you, you could, you could have like a flow-through entity. I would just talk to the accountant or they might say, again, a lawyer, but just say, I want to have the ability to do my own set without my business partner. So do we need a flow-through entity? How do we structure it? So whether it's mm-hmm. 50% of the earnings then flow through to your own entity and then you would do it. Like, I'm not a lawyer, so you need to consult either a lawyer or a CPA, but I would think there's a worker.
2: Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll have to talk to him. And I think, I think my partner would understand the need to do that as well. Um, because then, yeah, he would have freedom too. he has a different financial setup situation Mm -hmm. than I do. So, um, yeah, that would make sense. Cause also we do, we take, uh, distributions and they have to be equal as well, Mm -hmm. uh, which is fine because I think, you know, there is an emotional aspect to having a business partner and dealing with money and he's very different in terms of money than my husband is. And so it's just a very different relationship and being, having all these equalities between us as business partners has actually been very helpful so also restructuring I'm like oh I wonder if that would like do something weird like finances are so emotional yeah so
3: yeah it's like a
4: give and take with every financial decision right so Mm -hmm. if you're doing this flow through entity then that might change the dynamic a little bit but I I still definitely think it's worth investigating given that your husband doesn't have any sort of savings work. you're the only one that would have especially with like a big contribution in that. So I think it's
2: definitely worth mm-hmm. investigating. Yeah, no, it, it, it definitely makes sense, especially because not only does my husband not um, have retirement offered through his job, he has the kind of job where if he lost his job, his skills are totally not transferable right. to another job. And he makes a right. very high salary for what he does. He's an artisan in New York City making six figures. And it's like, if he had to get another job, there is no way in hell he'd ever match the current salary, in which case we'd be in a pickle based on, you know, our current needs. And those needs may change one day, but I'm not in a rush to stop doing therapies for my kids. So they are what they are for the time being. So that that's just another layer of fear that we have. It's like, what if like, he did get laid off during the pandemic for a few months and, um, they rehired him. He's gotten a raise since then, but still like that, you know, his boss isn't going to live forever. He's in his sixties. He might want to retire someday. Like, what are we going to do when he has to get a job and makes 50 grand less? That's, that's definitely within the realm of possibility.
3: Yeah. Yeah. The How tight, how closely tied our two incomes are, you know, like you really need both of them to make it work. Right. Don't think that people yeah. talk enough about, like, you know, we talk about, uh, dual income households and like women stepping back because childcare is so expensive. But I think we often forget like how important it is. Like family security is built on two people working.
2: Oh yeah. We couldn't live our lives without both of us working, even when one of us's salaries are completely maxed out. It still makes sense for both of us to work for a variety of reasons, financial and just emotional. Right. So yeah. Yeah. It's really tricky. And I found that no matter. What we made, like I started my first job here. I think I made 32 grand a year and I thought I was rich. Um, uh, whether I'm making 32 or taking home 150, I always like it's like a balloon filling with air. You always fill the balloon. Like yeah. I lived and within 32 grand a year and I'm living within 150. And you just rise to meet whatever that that is. But I'm like going back the other way, it's just it just doesn't feel good especially you know when if you have kids or some other need to spend money because yeah. they, they're really expensive
3: they're really expensive and the yeah. and the unexpected expenses just never stop I always think it's really funny that yeah. people are like you know the emergency fund for the unexpected expense like no no no
2: what's yeah you should, just I don't bother. you should
3: just expect them right like yeah exactly
2: and- just yeah, expect yeah. yeah really my cool. daughter needed a crown. It was like okay, there's three hundred fifty dollars, even though her insurance covered most of it. I still had to pay three hundred fifty, and like I needed dental work and had to pay a few hundred dollars. A, you know, it's just like I, I didn't expect these things. How yeah. could you?
3: No, appliances so, break down. Yeah. Your car
2: breaks down. Or your summer. best friend has a wedding in Crete. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that wasn't cheap, but it was like, I have to go, we have to do this. I have to make it work. And the expense was one of the several reasons I went on my own, but it was like, yeah, I'm going to be spending a few thousand dollars on this, but it it's worth it. But I didn't expect to have this expense, you know, it just yeah. happens. So yeah, it's hard, but yeah, the idea of keeping more money um in our account today does sound really, really good.
3: Yeah, I would have your accountant
4: run the numbers because he is your tax mm-hmm. number. And so you could just say, hey, we really um, allocated the money that we're putting towards the full life back through the tax machine and into a retirement account? What does our take home look like? Or how does that lower our tax bill? Right, and yeah. and I would just make the have the math make the decision, right? If it's better right. for you financially, then that would be the better
2: decision. Oh, I have a feeling it would be, it would look much better on paper and in every possible way to have that money now. I in mean, it's I'm a considerable curious... amount of money. Yeah. What, what is the,
3: um, what about your, your parents' retirement and your husband's parents' retirement? Like, are you feeling this anxiety because of what you're saying from their experience or is it just, you know, some, un, you know, some... in a way.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I in a way I am. so my my parents are pretty well set actually. Like I didn't grow up with money. My mom was um, a school teacher, and my dad was a stay at home dad. He was an artist until I, I was at least in my early teens. He didn't get a job until then. So yeah, we lived on a teacher's income, a special mm-hmm. ed teacher's income in New York City. So life was different back then. Life was cheaper considerably. Yeah but, and they did buy their apartment. It was only $60,000 for a pretty huge three bedroom, but it's in yeah. Jamaica, Queens. <laughs> and, and they only paid it off recently because they put so little into it throughout the years. But anyway, they had a scrimp and save for that 10% deposit. They had to borrow money for $6,000 yeah. back in the day. But anyway, so there's no retirement coming from my dad's side other than social security. But my mom was very smart in her youth. And was able to secure an an amazing pension, amazing pension. And she gets paid more monthly now than she did while she was working. So they're actually in the best shape of their lives. They don't offer this type of pensions anymore at all. She was just like they did for a brief time period in time. I was there. I got it. She was like, I don't know what we'd do without it. So they're actually really well set. They have no mortgage. Their expenses are minimal. My brother and I don't need money. We don't ask for money and they don't do anything. So, you know, they (laughs) just have money. They, they contribute, um, yearly to my kids, like one of those college savings accounts. Yeah. They contribute like five grand a year to each of them. So ultimately they'll have a lot to use when they, if they decide to go to college or any kind of schooling after high school. Um, so that affected me. Yeah. Because I don't know how much actual planning they put in, but the fact is they're quite comfortable now and they don't worry about money. They still act poor because that's their mindset, but they don't right. worry about money at home. And in reality, they're not, yeah. they're not up at night thinking about it. And I'm like, well, that's a good place to be because yeah. if my mom didn't have that pension, well, I think they'd be t- completely screwed. Um, my husband's yeah. parents, they're both... Uh, Actually, his mother just had her retirement party today. She retired, his father retired, they're divorced. And I don't think they have any money Mm -hmm. to spend. I think they have enough for a modest lifestyle, but I don't believe there's much beyond that. And that freaks me out a little bit. Yeah, If something happens to one of them, um, I don't know that they'd be covered. It worries me a lot. So, and it worries me, like, what if my mom passes away? What's my dad going to do? He has no actual money on his own, aside from whatever my mom brings in.
4: Did your mom cover him on the pensions?
2: I actually, I don't know. They do have a financial advisor. I'd imagine that that they see yearly and that handles their portfolio, whatever that even looks like. I don't know. They don't want to talk about it too much because I think it relates to death in some way. Yeah. And it's a really hard discussion to have, even though I'd really like to, because I, not for me, I don't, I don't think I'm getting much in the end. So it's not about that. It's about making sure they're comfortable. If one of them mm-hmm. dies, I'm yeah. like, I can't really afford to do much for them right now. So yeah, it's worrisome. But again, yeah. that kind of contributes to my worries about myself. Cause I'm like, Ooh, right. I don't want to be a burden to my kids. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to do stuff when they're out of the house. I have a lot of things I'm putting off as a mother of young children that I definitely want to do that. I think I can only do when I retire. Yeah. So this idea of not being poor or not worrying is really attractive. Yeah. It's hard to balance all those different, like, those different competing priorities and yeah. getting yeah, parents hard. to
3: talk about their money, it's an ongoing fight that my husband and I have because really they don't talk about it in their family You're, at all. No, my, yeah. parent, my parents are actually pretty open about it, which is nice. Like we had conversations nice, yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, very practical uh, ones, which I appreciate. Um, and actually like have some morbid sense of humor about it.
2: Um, that's nice. That's good. Because yeah. yeah, it can be tense thinking like, okay, here's what happens when I die. Like who wants to yeah. think about that?
3: Nobody does. Nobody. It's really depressing.
2: Nobody. And yeah. you know, I also yeah,
3: believe my parents are going to live forever fine of course Um, yeah
2: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) right I know but I'm like oh god you got like my parents they have money so I'm like you're old you're old and I'll say that to them like you're old make your life really nice okay you're not poor in the Bronx anymore you know like do your bathroom nice and all of that And they're like we don't want to spend it we'll give it to you I'm like I don't want it I don't want it get it out of here so yeah it's it's hard it's hard to talk about them I and like their whole finances are in some weird locked file cabinet because they do everything on paper still and like Lord it's help very me, I don't want to look
4: common for that generation <laughs> yeah
2: it's insane actually well <laughs> you could do this online you know a couple of clicks. but no, but yeah, it's very emotional thinking about retirement and and what that means. And, you know, you have this idea of what you want it to look like, and then you work towards that, but then your, your life right now does punch you in the face sometimes with things where you're like, Oh God. And and it makes me almost not want to think about it at all because I have to think very day to day at the moment, just to keep ourselves afloat. And, and also um, I do like, I have expensive tastes. And I feel often very deprived because I yeah. don't and can't buy things that I want and like and love. And so, um, yeah, there's a lot of sacrifice uh, yeah. going on.
3: Same on the expensive taste. I, I feel you on that one, Amy. Yeah.
2: I'm like, why do I like these things? Why can't <laughs> I like those things? But that's that's how it is.
3: But you know, that, that's the good thing about living in a small apartment. You can't have, there's not as much room for those things.
2: So... Actually, that's a great point. But that's one of the things between me and my husband is that um, he keeps buying stuff. And I'm like, we can't keep buying. Like, we literally can't. Like, it, we're no going to start room. looking like hoarders. No, yeah. we're out of room. And that's one of the reasons why I'm like, we do need a bigger apartment. Right. But then we have right. all these issues. So, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I also so, think that yeah, it's, it's important it's to true. remember
3: that like your kids are small. Like, we're, yeah, in, we're like so deep in it. Like, we're in the most expensive time yeah. in of our lives. And like the heart, like yeah the most work of like everything. Like the, the most work of your career, the most work of your family, like aging parents on top of it's it. True. Like it just it yeah. like all yeah. comes in one deluge in a way that like you don't experience in your twenties and thirties with four children and you don't experience hopefully in your fifties and sixties when your children are grown. So mm-hmm.
2: like I oh, think that's totally. really like, important right now, to keep I'm like, in mind. Yeah,
3: it's it's yeah, a temporary
2: it's true. phase. Yeah, it feel it's a long temporary. Like right now yeah, they I need like entire it. new wardrobes. <laughs> they yeah. need entire new wardrobes every season. I'm like, I have a wardrobe of clothes that is useless now. And it's yes. frustrating because it is an expense. And I see dollar signs just going away every time I look at it. But then I'll get like 50 Amazon packages a week of shitty t-shirts that my husband thinks he needs. And I'm just like, it's like, what? They're only 20 bucks. But I'm like, but you have five of them. That's not twenty bucks. that's a hundred bucks. So it's like, yeah, this constant um, this constant weighing. I feel like sometimes like one of those mimes in those little boxes, and like all the sides are just right around me. Uh, and that's, yeah, that's where we're at with money. It's hard.
3: I think it's really cool that you run your own business though, and you've you know, Thanks. been able to make that work for all these years and like, yeah, I don't know like
2: really from- amazing
3: from the outside you know I always think it's good to have somebody else give you some perspective right like you own a two-bedroom two-bath in, in the neighborhood oh, yeah. that you want to live in and you've got two great kids and husband and your great. own business, and a business.
2: I know it, it is great and I I do feel daily I don't mean that like you like
3: not like a grateful thing just like uh yeah. you know outside perspective like it's you know thanks
2: Well, it's, it's a hustle. I mean, it is a major hustle. I feel up to the hustle, but I do feel like, yes, I, I'm a, I have a creative agency. We're creative, but I, I'm a business person as well. And I do really well with my business money. Personal money is different because uh, I can completely divorce my, the emotional aspect from my business and literally just look at numbers and analyze them Mm -hmm. and, um, make the best decisions for us. It's just that when your emotions get involved, just everything goes a bit topsy-turvy. And then you have your other people's point of view. My business partner's like, you deal with that stuff. I'm not good at it. So I'm like, okay, my husband and I, you know, we don't always see eye to eye. So, and we're both, we're contributing more or less equally and it's our children. Like we kind of have to figure out a middle ground. So sometimes mm-hmm. neither of us are happy um, and that can feel really hard.
4: Yeah. Yeah, it is really hard.
2: Yeah. But yeah, yeah, you're right when, you know, someday I can buy one pair of sneakers for my daughter instead of a thousand because her feet are so sensitive. She can't wear shoes. And yeah, it's insane. Yeah.
4: Yeah, it will get easier. But I would say you have the logic part because you make those decisions for your business. So I would lean on your CPA and say, Mm -hmm. show me the math and then put on your logic hat as if it's a business decision because your retirement should be is very similar to the business decision you want to make a vast yeah. decision on it not an emotional because you do have 20 plus years so even though the market has not been great if you look at yeah. the market over the last 30 right yeah it'll it'll average out and you have time on your side so now's the time to put on your logic back. and and lean on your cpa right because they're just going to keep the gas right so they're not going to
2: yeah. And he's as logical as they get. He's pretty square. Yeah, you
4: yeah, usually they are very square. So
2: yeah, he's really he's square.
4: He can help with yeah. the logic on it or she can help with the logic yeah.
2: on it. It's tough with my husband because um I'm just more I'm actually way more logical than him in these in this regard. I can see black and white mm-hmm. in places. So um whereas I think he feels just he's more innocent in that way than I am and, and wants to believe the best parts of things. So, yeah, um, I think he'd have a hard time hearing this, but then I think, uh, yeah, the idea of having all this money that we're giving away every month, we feel like we're giving it to ourselves, but we might not right. need it as we well then. So I do see that. And I, I am persuaded by that. Well, yeah. this is
4: super interesting. I mean, we went through a lot tonight.
2: <laughs> yeah, this has been really great. And your advice is profound, frankly.
4: Thank
2: you. <laughs> Yeah, really. Like, I really needed to hear that. So, thank well, you. And <laughs> you know, all very adamant. I'm really sold by that.
4: I just hate to see people get to retirement and then there's nothing you can do 25 years later. You know, like if 25 mm-hmm. years down the yeah. road, that reality sets in that that wasn't the best choice, all you can do is cut your losses. And that's a real, I will say that is a very hard pill to swallow at 65 if it doesn't deliver. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just, yeah, Yeah, I would be more surprised if it delivers than if it didn't.
2: Um, You know, I need to talk to more financial advisors that don't also sell life insurance.
4: Yeah, I mean, I'm licensed for insurance because I have to be. Right. but yeah, we were better off getting a neutral opinion of somebody who is a fiduciary and somebody who's gone through the CFP program. It's, it was like a ten-hour yeah, exam. Right. It took. It's expensive to get. It's are one of the cases have a test component I need to meet. So I would lean on a professional designation, and the three main ones are CPA, CFP, um, and CFA. CFA is not really uh, as helpful. But yeah, you want to, mm-hmm. and you can hire somebody for an hour of their time where they're not going to of more hours of advice. And then that way you know you need more opinions. So you figure your talent, your CPA, I want to hire you for an hour to run these numbers with me and tell me your opinion. Mm-hmm. He doesn't make money one way yeah. or another, right? So there's no incentivized,
2: Right, yeah, yeah, it's true. And then I feel like, um, yeah, the, the emotional element is kind of removed.
3: Yeah. Yeah, then, and Bob, yeah, Barbara is so great because she puts it all so straightforward and it's so easy to understand and like, it's so clear and fast. Yeah. and best. And yeah, always, amazing. she always, like, as long as I've known her, she always has examples to like back up her experience, which always feels like, oh, like, not that I wouldn't trust you anyway, Barbara, yeah, but I yeah. always like it, like, since I've known you, you've always come back and yet you, you know, this client had this experience and, um,
2: no, it's no. really good to know. I know the people that um, we worked with to buy this, they mainly work with very rich people. And while like I have a Chase like private account or whatever that means, we're not rich. We've like, amassed a certain amount of money by happenstance and working really hard, but we, we are not rich people by any stretch of the imagination. We don't feel rich. Neither of us um, came from means of any kind. So I do think that, in some way we are swayed by this idea or by the way we were being talked to and wooed. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we're so flattered as to have made the decision. That's not really the reason. The reason was truly out of fear. Yeah. Like I said, we're terrified of being yeah. poor and old, but it was interesting to learn what rich people do with their money. It's like, well, if they're rich then they must be doing something right. Mm-hmm. And so let's consider it. And that was part of how we even began to give it careful consideration.
3: Yeah, and it, it I
2: don't I de- they definitely
4: can be used, and it's not my wheelhouse. I don't deal with the uber wealthy, I deal with like normal people and get normal yeah. people to retirement. So, I'm not to say that it isn't a vehicle that is used legitimately in words. It just it doesn't make any sense if you're not doing your retirement and you're stretched monthly that we're also funding this. Like, it just. Yeah your need currently, like if you're assessing your current need, which is we need more, fat, we the thing that really resonated with me was like, how do you make money, right? Like, how do we get money from nothing, right? So if we just look at where your money is currently going. It just doesn't seem to serve your current need, which the current need is we have a lot of healthcare costs for our young children, who as Lindsay pointed out, mm. they're only young children. You know, it's yeah. not a temporary security, they don't and then they probably don't need all of them. If you're getting into services now, they get better. Hopefully, when they do the right. older is the hope. And so, mm-hmm. in a temporary need now for more money. It doesn't make sense to be putting all of this money through the tax machine and three tax brackets to then fund a policy that's not helping with the current need. And the current need seems like the priority. And so now, mm-hmm. we're stretched thin monthly and we're not funding retirement. So it's like, it feels like a double whammy.
2: Right, right. Well, I guess that's, that was the trick is that we were sold that as a form of retirement. The retirement, income. yeah. yeah. The
4: hard part is you're going through the tax machine in a high income bracket because between you and your husband, you're making good money and then you're yeah. in a high tax environment. So we're putting it all through the tax machine to fund it. So that's where, to me, that's like, whoop, red flags. Why yeah, right. tax if we can put it back through the machine, the tax machine, and then fund it funded in retirement and lower your taxable income, which therefore net should give you more money for the monthly expenses. That's my mm-hmm. logic. Now, I'm sure somebody would argue it. He sells whole life insurance, but I would have your yeah, account. Yeah, I, I don't know I what that would be. be. Yeah, I would have your account and run the, run the math and tell you how much do we save you tax-wise on it because the mm-hmm. investments that you have in your retirement should be Equal if not better than what you have in your, your whole life policy. I mean, it's, it's they're telling you on the investments so you can do investments without them. You
2: don't them. Right, right, okay, yeah. You, I'm convinced that makes sense. And frankly, I've I have as many people as I've talked to about this. Not one of them has laid it out like that.
4: Well, I would I mean. love to hear what your accountant says when you tell
2: ask
4: <laughs> him or her. Okay, to run the math I'll ask him. It.
2: He's a nice guy in Michigan. So okay. I'll ask. Yeah. And I'll let you know. And,
3: and good luck convincing your husband. I know that's yeah. another half of that. Yeah.
2: That'll be the tricky part. Cause he'll be like, well, then what, what do we do? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I was tell them we're out. I don't know. Get some money back. I don't know. I'm sure there's a penalty.
4: It depends when you bought it, but there's, it, there might be cash available to take out of it. Yeah. Depending on the type of policy.
2: If that I don't know. And if or there isn't, you, then I don't know total loss.
4: Yeah. Or you just keep, don't pay into it anymore and let the dividends keep cooking and Mm -hmm. see how long it lasts. Well, the dividends, see how long the dividends, keep it alive. I
2: wonder if I can do that. It almost seems like that wasn't an option.
4: Well, they don't want you to do that. They get paid every time you write a check.
2: Right. So, so messed up.
4: I mean there's nothing everyone needs to make right they're not nonprofits, so we knew they were making money right? yeah not a nonprofit. Right. they obviously they also have mortgages and expenses so we know they're getting paid i just think that mm-hmm. you want to understand how they're getting paid right to so see what the direction we're going in
2: right yeah
4: i get paid too but i'm very clear on how i get paid and i I don't sell whole life, but I get paid. Everyone gets paid when they do a job. So there's nothing wrong with getting paid. It's just right. that you don't want how they're getting paid to incentivize what they're doing.
2: Yes. I, yeah. That's been a sore point where I, I do bring that up to my husband and he's like, yeah, but they're also offering all this free other financial advice that we don't have to pay for. And I'm like, it's not, are, we're but, not taking advantage of that anyway.
4: Yeah. And there's nothing free advice, right? So you're yeah. better off paying for the financial advice and not having the whole life probably than getting the whole life yeah. and getting everything else for free. There isn't, nobody does things for free. You don't, you probably don't do your work for free. I
2: wouldn't, I couldn't.
4: Yeah, you, you couldn't, right? So nobody's doing yeah. anything for free. So if they're doing something yeah. for free, then you should be very suspicious because nobody works for free. Right. I don't know anybody who does it. My mother is retired and she works for free because she needs to get out of the house. Because the only person I know who works is just my mother. I haven't met anybody else yeah. who does that. Usually <laughs> you're called a, boss, a volunteer. So nobody's yeah, or an intern either. or an intern, yeah. So nobody's yeah. working yeah. for free. It's just not happening. Yeah,
3: right. I don't think exactly. the interns work for free anymore either. Yeah, they don't.
4: Yeah, they don't. No. Have well,
2: they're free they're now. paying to work essentially. Yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah, yeah. So yeah, they're not doing <laughs> yeah. it for free. That's like the first misnomer, right? Like they're not working for free.
2: Yeah, for free. it's yeah, it's bullshit. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is really good food for thought.
4: Well, keep us posted.
3: Yeah, please.
2: I will, actually, because this yeah. will be a really interesting conversation tonight. Mm-hmm. Yes, it, it will. will. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
4: So thank yeah. you so much for coming on and sharing everything with us. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it was a pleasure.
2: Pleasure. I learned valuable things and I, I am going to go and um, go online and see what my life insurance situation actually is. Yeah. Right now. Good work to do. Yeah. I'll figure that out. Yeah. I have some work to do.